Whatever, do, do, yeah. Wings with friends. Ah, wings with friends. You got to get the wings to be with the friends. Um, hey everybody, welcome back to Wings with Friends. I'm your host, Mary Upchurch, and I'm so happy to be here. How are you guys? I hope you're great. Thank you for listening. I hope you're liking us on Instagram and giving us five-star reviews on iTunes, uh, but I appreciate it. And I'm nervous, as you can tell right now, because I am connecting with a new friend who I met on TikTok, and I'm really excited. You guys, I'm here with Liz Miller. Hello, Liz. Hi. I'm so excited, too. <laughs> We are so dumb. We're just like, like, Um, (laughs) thank you so much for being here. Liz, I saw on TikTok not that long ago, she had a really great um, clip video. I don't know what to call TikToks. Video? Video. Video? Um, You're in tech sales and you're wildly funny and really interesting. Liz, introduce yourself. Tell us who you are. What makes you so special? So- Yes, I'm Liz. Um, I've been in tech sales for about four years, which I kind of stumbled into by mistake. I was definitely a hippie till I was like at least 25. Um, but then I, I wanted to make money and um, I have the temperament to convince people to spend six figures on software. And so that is what I do now. Um, and in terms of what makes me special, I, I knew you were going to ask me this and I, I asked, you know, friends, roommate, family, like, what is it that makes me special? And the answer I've decided to land on is that I have, I have big dick energy and that is what makes me special. I think it's like worth diving into what that means a little bit, but, um, as a woman in a male dominated field, I know who I am, what I'm about. And I. I don't care if you're not aligned, <laughs> if that's fair to say. Oh my gosh. And Liz, you're 28, right? I'm 28. My birthday was just over a week ago. So cancer, a lot of emotions coming like on this podcast. Um, I hope everyone's ready. <laughs> so Liz, I think this is fantastic. And I, it is, it's that big dick energy that like I saw and I connected with. And that's why when I saw your second video, like I was really engaged. I was like, oh yeah, okay. I know this girl. I remember her first video. And then, um, we'll get to, we'll get to the chicken wing part in a minute. But like, um, and, and we'll hear about the wings you had for this episode. Tell the people listening, tell them about that original TikTok video. Like what happened? What was it about? What prompted it? Absolutely. So it was a regular Monday standup, uh, over zoom with my team right now. I'm the only woman on my team. Um, there's nine of us, or there was nine of us at the time of the video. Someone got promoted, good for them. Um, and we're meeting a new hire. So this person had, this gentleman had been through onboarding, and this was his first time getting to meet the team. And he doesn't know, like, who I am or that uh, I'm the best on my team by a lot. Like, he doesn't know. He didn't know Liz's energy yet. So he came in what I considered pretty hot. And when he introduced himself, you know, after bragging about his weekend, um, where he, you know, wore a kimono to a bar with cowboy boots for Tokyo rodeo or something like that. Um, 
And he came in and said, you know, kind of what makes him special is that his life mission is to rehabilitate the image of the bro. Um, and that bros are given a huge, like a, just a horrible rap kind of because everyone thinks they're toxic and, you know, have toxic masculinity, but he's out to change that. And he's just all about like tank tops and good vibes and, and beer pong and like somewhere along the line, like, you know, this, this message was misconstrued by society and he's, he's out to reclaim the bro. Um, gross. I mean, just, just brought me back to a dark place. I went to USC, uh, University of Southern California. So I'm no, no stranger to, uh, grotesque frat boys, but I'm a little old and no one talks to me like that anymore. So I was taken aback and I was pissed off. I was pissed off and I did what pissed off people do. And I went on the internet and I, I talked smack on this guy and it, it became, a I think in the comments and like in the discussion, it just became a lot about like how certain industries, especially mine, like tech sales are just dominated by this typically white athletic background, overly confident, arrogant, nodes of misogyny and sexism, like kind of bro. And it's so accepted at this point that this is the trope that when someone comes on their first day on the job, they're bragging about how they embody this trope. Um, and I think it just got a lot of comments because there's a lot of women like me that are pissed off and there's a lot of other people that don't see anything wrong with this kind of behavior. And in fact, that I was like a villain for, you know, busting this guy's chops. Like imagine it's your first day on the job and someone makes a TikTok about you. Well, for all I know they have, but they just weren't funny enough to go viral, but (laughs) (laughs) That, that's kind of the story. Is that like a full enough answer? Yeah. Oh man. It does. It does kind of hit something deep. Um, I don't know what it is, but it, it is that being a woman in a male dominated industry, you talked about like microaggression. It feel like, um, like inclusion and exclusion, like this is the boys club. And, um, another part of that TikTok, Liz was you were, you were kind of like saying like, this is who I am. And these are my stats. Tell People like what um, you said, you're the best on your team. Tell us a little bit about what does that mean in, t- in, in your industry? Like, what are you producing? Yep. So it numbers. depends like a little bit on uh, your role. I've been in both closing roles uh, and I guess more what the role is I'm now, which is business development. Uh, so my role now is I tee up meetings or appointments, generate pipeline, you know, dollars that might close for um, a few uh, reps that will ultimately then carry the deal to fruition. Um, So I'm a business development rep and I work with 10 accounts. They're all Fortune 500. Um, I have a Fortune 5 in there, like things are good. But uh, I basically am kind of like the hype girl at the beginning of the introduction of the companies. And then pass it off to someone more boring for the negotiation. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, 
Yeah, right, right. I'm like the the fun at the beginning. Like, no, you want to talk to us. We're good people. Um, and so my my metrics right now, I am measured on pipeline generation, which means opportunity and dollar amount that is legitimate, that has a, a, a reasonable chance of closing. This is all obviously uh, based a little bit on interpretation of what a reasonable amount of closing might be. But um, my pipeline goal for the month is $222,000. And for June, when this happened, I ended up closing the month at 1.97 million. So just short of 2 million. I I mean, I was so darn close to hitting um, 1,000%. But, um, you know, it's funny, like, I'm sorry, I'm just gonna say it. Men on the video were like, well, your quota is misaligned if you're able to hit a thousand percent. And I was like, you should tell that to the guys that didn't hit it. Because <laughs> <laughs> not everyone even made the 100%. And so that's where I was coming from. This guy shows up his first day saying he's, he also said, uh, like, I didn't say this in the initial kind of review of the video that, he, you know, he's a team player, but he's going to kick my ass. And I, that was really strange. It was like, it, it, he just came in guns blazing. Like what a way to meet your team. You know, I'm going to take you all down. And, and I think it just, he was trying to feed into the, the aspect of sales that is competitive and that, you know, if you're not in sales, especially technology sales, it is a different world. You play competition for money. You, I mean, I've won an Xbox, a hoverboard, a Bluetooth speaker, tickets to Red Sox, all like in the past like quarter. Like it is all about winning. And if you're not first, you're last. And that's like the mentality. And I think he was just trying to come across like I'm here to play. But when I'm sitting at literally a thousand percent of my number, it just it just, it was cringe. Yeah. It was cringe. <laughs> so let me ask you this. If, if, if the tables were turned, would you, would you have done that? Like, how would you have come into like, say a new team? I mean, would, would you have boasted that way? Or how do you describe like, this is what I can do, but what would have been a better way to do it? Um, so I think how I've introduced myself to other teams is talked more about my experience at other companies. Um, and you know, uh, this is probably also foreign terms to anyone who's not in like high velocity sales is if you hit a certain quota attainment, it's usually like 120% of your number. You get, you, you win a trip on the company called president's club and you, and all the other, I'll just call them winners get to go to Maui or Cancun or something for a week on the company's dime and and party. And so you can drop in, oh yeah, like I was president's club at my former company, hoping to replicate that experience there. And then people know that you are are a top performer. Um, I mean, if we really want to get into it, I think the the thing that bothered me most about the I'm going to kick your ass is that that is just violent language. That is violent, right? It's not talking about how good I am but it's talking about how I'm going to hurt you and violence against women is too ubiquitous in 2021 to just like joke about that so 
And I like, think that's why I was also irked. What a missed opportunity. And maybe it's, it's his maturity, obviously, but like to say like, Hey, I've learned a lot of great stuff. I've done really great things. I can't wait to sh- like jump in and like share and help. And we all win, you know, or I, I don't know. I, that's right. Right. I can't wait to replicate my success here and uplift others along the way. Oh, dang. There you, you just had the resume. Like answer. that's what needs to be set. Yeah. Oh, it's so fascinating. So I would love to know where he's at in like six months and 12 months and, and like, just kind of just silent observe. Um, because that is a lot. You have to live up to that now. And of course, and like, I kind of want to take the focus off of this, like one dude and take it more from the perspective, like as I, I mean, hopefully continue to build my brand and make TikToks and I don't know, blog or whatever I'm going to do to start talking more about how women can change this industry is that it's not the fact he came in and said that, although in the moment that pissed me off, but that he felt it was acceptable to say that because of the Mm -hmm. culture that exists today. And so he is one little tiny grain of sand on a beach full of assholes. (laughs) Right? Yes. Yes. So there's a bigger, yeah, you're addressing like kind of the bigger issue and what's going on in this culture that allows this to happen. Um, so Liz, I want to get into your big dick energy in just a moment, but you did have some wings for this episode. And I'll tell you, this is so so this is how it happened. I saw like for me, it was the second TikTok I saw. You had you had a couple more. Um, but um, you were kind of contrasting like the work Liz and home Liz, and you had just had, you know, your like work kind of having your one-on-one with your, with your boss or whatever. And then when you get home, you're like, you're waving chicken wings around. I thought they were empanadas. I don't know why, but <laughs> empanadas. When I looked closer, I was like, yes, that is a chicken wing. It was Tell definitely a, a, a nice crisp wing. You know, I think that, uh, that, uh, speaks to the empanada confusion, but the shape uh, of it, it was like, it, it was, I mean, it was a flat, it was a very meaty flat that was nice and crisp. But <laughs> I'm, I'm just struggling. But uh, that video, I, I like basically am the kind of person that like doesn't have a shirt on until like 30 seconds before the call yeah. and is like, oh my God, like I have to talk to like a VP at a fortune, whatever company and like, I don't need, did I brush my teeth today? Are my eyebrows painted on? Am I dressed? Like the contrast between even five minutes before the call and five minutes into call is like not, not the same person. And so I think that video, I was just playing on the fact, um, you know, the video, how it goes, I start out pretending, you know, mimicking myself kind of in a, in a forecast meeting, talking about what I have to contribute, uh, how my meetings have been going. And then I, you know, contrast to myself, just full face of ranch, chicken wing in hand, you know, singing Celine Dion, look at a mess. And it's like, I think it's been really interesting to, to kind of, I don't know if flirt's the right word, but like, we all, I think have, because of COVID and, and staying in our house, like, had the opportunity to almost kind of laugh at ourselves that we can be so unprofessional up until the call starts and the camera's on. Yeah. I think, um, today I had like this, this shirt on, but like, 
it was a mess. It was like pajama pants and um, it's definitely, I think for, for where I work, like it's changing us and it's going to be interesting to see where we are on the other side. Um, I think, but I think there'll be a lot of like, we're, we're changing kind of, it's interesting. It's just interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, then it's super interesting. Well, and also not for nothing, everyone's leaving their jobs because they're like, well, I'm not putting on pants anymore. <laughs> and I kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I am curious about like what, oppor- it's like, well, are there opportunities? Like, you know, I want to be aware of, of, I've been at my firm for 16 years, but I'm like, Hey, you know, is this, and I'm also trying to follow my dreams and passions with comedy and stuff. So I'm, I'm always like kind of mixed in this like conundrum of like, follow your passions or like, I'm just not career focused right now, which is really strange to say it's the first time in many years. Cause I've always been like trying to get to the next point in my career. And I think um, a couple of years ago, I decided, I was like, you know, I really want to focus on comedy and like have work. Yes. But so I'm not, maybe I'm not ready to like change because they'll want me to work is the problem. They'll want, if I get a new job, they will want me to produce and work. And I, I can't, I don't know if I can commit to that. Finding a new job is, is, is such a unique ring of hell. Um, (laughs) I mean, you have to, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm an anarchist, not a capitalist, but I hate this, like prove yourself and make sure that you are overproducing and like almost the mentality that that guy on my team came in with that there's something to be desired about winning in capitalism. Like there's not <laughs> like, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is you, contrived. This is an idea that we're all just blindly subscribing to. Like, I don't know. I, I can go like, all day. Do you find though, like, so being a strong woman in this business, do you find that like, maybe that's one reason why you are so successful is because maybe people are tired of the, you know, the bros and that attitude and they, they like, they find you refreshing and maybe. I mean, I think so. I, I do think so. I think the, like, if I had to say the number one reason I'm successful in sales is because I don't give a fuck who you are and I will call you, make a video for you, a prospecting video. And we'll just be clear. These are all, you know, above 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 the line here um and I think I think that comes from a lot of things like one I think it's because I'm like an anarchist and like don't think that having success in a corporate environment is like that that cool like I just don't I think there's way way more things that make people cool and I also I hate to say it I think it's because I grew up in LA and I grew up with people like my family was the poorest family in the town, but there was like a lot of rich, we were wealth adjacent. So like I knew growing up, I don't know, a handful of actors and directors and people that were kind of famous. And I still knew that they sucked because I went to school with their kids and their kids sucked. And so I feel like that also gave me this like perspective that like, even if you're, I, I don't know, a millionaire, billionaire, like at shit. the end of the day, you still suck and your wife still hates you. Like, <laughs> so what matters then? Like, what does matter? Is it how you treat people or how you like, how, like, what is the thing then that matters to you? I wish I could like say some like profoundly 
wise thing on what matters to me. But honestly, if you asked me the meaning of life, I'd be like, it's about good bread and butter. Like, it's about like going to a concert and like that like kind of like surreal feeling of like, I'm in a crowd with other people and we all feel the same way. Like, it's not, even though I love money, I love money because it provides experiences and travel and security to be able to, I don't know, make TikToks and act like an idiot and be funny. Like the meaning of life, I think honestly is like good food, good company, natural beauty. I mean, that's as close as I can like figure it out. Like long-term relationships, but I mean, if I knew, I think I could be like, you know, the next Gandhi, but I just, I just don't. I mean, I think you have a pretty good handle on it. And I mean, I agree with the whole thing is like, but, and money helps, money helps make those things happen. And, uh, you know, and that's why I'm not quitting my day job anytime soon, but I'm trying to just balance them. I saw a meme that I really liked. Of course, this is where I'm getting all my wisdom from. Um, it said you're only as pretty as how you treat people or how you treat others. And I'm like, good fucking point you know like so I don't know I mean for me if I literally think about like legacy like you only exist as long as like the last person alive remembers you so what are they gonna remember I mean I guess it's like one like like kind of deep ass way to think about it but like in terms of legacy like that's all you have is how you treat others and so Maybe I should start being nicer because I'm like not, not that nice. (laughs) You do you. (laughs) I've had to, I've had to kind of learn that the hard way. Um, Like where I work, you know, it's super corporate and they're so polite. Everybody's so nice. And I've kind of learned the hard way. Like I've been trying to balance, like being myself, being kind of loud and brash and, and, and jokey with being professional. And the answer was you have to be really good at what you do. And then you can kind of be yourself or be whatever, but still have to treat people with respect. And I know, I feel like such an old lady saying that, but it serves me pretty well now, but it was just a hard road to like polish those edges because similarly, you know, I just didn't grow up with manners or, you know, politeness. And I didn't realize other people did. Right. Well, I also feel like there's like this kind of like, are you polished and professional, but like actually a horrible person? Are you like, are you a little bit rough, but like so genuine? Yeah. And like, I think there's a lot of tension there because you're supposed to act professional and polished all the time. But at the end of the day, honestly, this is what I say to my boss when I speak my voice, my, you know, use my voice and it, it doesn't go that well. I'm like, Listen, I am the only person, well, I'm single, tell your friends. I'm the only person who sleeps in my bed at night. I'm the only one who has to lie awake with my thoughts. And like, if I see something that I find to be unjust, like I, I will think about it all night that maybe I should have said something. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing like I'm working on is I think, and I've actually heard this from like a mentor is that I usually almost always right but my delivery sucks <laughs> like I am like right on the nose but I get too 
you know, crazy in the delivery. And then what I'm saying, it's lost because I'm acting, you know, irrationally. That sounds like a mentor conversation. I'm sure I've had that. Somebody's had that yeah. with me along the way, but that's, it's good feedback and it depends on what you want. Um, and I think with your skills and all of that together, I mean, you will be wildly successful. And so sometimes with those like adjustments or taking that feedback, like it can help if that's what you want. Um, let me ask you, I'm going to come back to again, your big dick energy. Cause I love it. Um, let's talk about the wings that you had that we will title yes. this episode after. Tell me a little bit about what did you get? What did you do? Okay. So I got my chicken wings from wings over Boston. My roommate and I went in on the wings together for more flavors. Um, cause I like options. So the flavors we got were our traditional Buffalo. We got a mango habanero. We got a spicy Korean Ooh. and we got a honey barbecue. Love it. Which ones were your favorites? I'm a diehard mango habanero. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's sweet and spicy is just. It's your right jam. <laughs> How did, yeah. um, so overall is wings over Boston. I've, I've been to wings over Raleigh, I think. And I'm wondering, is it the okay. same company? Maybe they just have. I think it's a franchise. Does it have like a Top Gun theme? Yes. Okay. Yeah. They're pretty good. Did you overall, do they do well on their wings? Like, are they good quality wings? They're good. They're not, you know what I hate? Like when wings are too like wet, like when they're not crunchy at all, like they've just been drowned in the sauce. Like that's not a good wing. So you really have to like uh, have a good ratio of like crunch to sauciness. And I do think wings over does it well. Okay. And some of that has to do with the timing. If you get them to go, like, that's why I love to eat my food right away in the restaurant, which was hard during COVID, but yep. if you get a wet wing and it's in a styrofoam and it takes 30 minutes to get to you, it's going to be soggy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is true of a lot of food. You know, you can't really order a cheeseburger to go. You ever notice that? Like the bun is just disgusting. The bottom bun by the time it arrives is it's, it's sick. It should be illegal. I don't eat at Subway anymore, but that was the only time when I did though, that was the only place I can think of where I like to order it, like let it stay wrapped until I get home. And then by then the flavors have kind of, you know, the oil and the vinegar and the mayo and stuff have kind of like like emulsified yeah yes. but that's the only thing I think yeah no R.I.P. Subway you know I they've gone through a lot but how? I think they are canceled at this point <laughs> how, how are they still existing I I think I think it's going the way of Blockbuster I mean they've just they've just had too much going on I'm sorry they have they're they're wrecked they've just deceived too many people um and especially when you've got like Jimmy John's and Jersey Mike's kind of doing sandwiches so much better. Like, I'm surprised they're still in existence. Yeah. Well, let I me really have Witch Witch too. Do you guys have that? Yeah. I don't go there, but I do like sandwiches though. I wonder why I don't go there more often. I like sandwiches. <laughs> maybe, maybe Witch Witch. I'm like, this is not an ad for Witch Witch. We are not sponsored by Witch Witch. Okay. My pro- this is my problem with Witch Witch. Okay, here we go. Too many options and I have all the control and I don't think I should be in control of that. I need somebody else to do the ratios. 
just like, did you ever go to like a pizza hut as a kid and get to do the tour and make your own pizza or anything like that? Yeah. I went with like my girl scout. Yeah. (laughs) You ever get the opportunity to like make your own pizza. Like I would always like, Oh, I love this. So I, and I put too much and it's like, I kind of need the sandwich artist or whoever to like, no, this tastes right. When you have five pepperonis and eight olives, not a handful or you want you want a curated experience that's delivered (laughs) and I want the taste you I would have always put too much sauce because I'm like oh I love sauce but Mary it doesn't need to have all that sauce yeah no it's tough it's tough out there (laughs) well let's find out your wing constitution because we've been kind of skirting around it but um I'm gonna ask you yeah let's let's get focused here (laughs) I know this is really a podcast about like all food (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the wings are just like an entry point. Um, so I'm going to ask you some questions and think about it. It's just like your first reaction, your, f- what's your favorite, you know, like just kind of average and on favorite. So do you prefer the drummy or the flat? The drummy. All right. Do you dip in ranch or blue cheese? Neither or both. Ranch heavily preferred. If there is no ranch, I will not have a dry wing. I will go blue cheese. cheese. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a hot take. Most people who don't like blue cheese are like, no, but. It's um, not that I don't like blue cheese. It's that I, I fucking love ranch. <laughs> <laughs> I love a good ranch. Like when they make it themselves. Nice little fresh batch. Yeah. Yeah. Good one. Okay. Do you do carrots and celery, both, neither? Or what's your thought on the veggies that come on the side sometimes? Okay, so here's the thing. I will not pay for them. Like at Wings Over, it's like, do you want to pay an extra 250 for the vegetables? No, I don't. I also don't want like a warm, withered piece of celery underneath chicken wings. Good point. That's gross. But if I'm like in person at a sports bar, getting my wings and there's a carrots and celery. Absolutely. All in. And you'll eat both. I'll eat both. So I'm going to give you a V for veggies. You'll do the veggies, but I I'll like the your, veggies. I like your caveats there. Um, do you prefer a dry rub or a sauced wing? Sauced. Okay. And then, okay. If you had your choice, how would you like your wing fried, baked, grilled, or smoked? Mm. I think deep fried and sauced. Yeah. And that's pretty traditional, like for sports bar wings. Like if you go to the South, you get them smoked or if you make them at home, you might bake them, but yeah, fried, fried is pretty good. All right. Here is the last question. What's your number? How many wings can you eat? Hmm. Okay. I would say, first of all, it depends on the day you know, the context of the situation. It's always more than six, but I rarely can eat all 12. I'd say comfortably, comfortably, let's say 10. 10. Okay. You're probably in the eight to 10. That is fair. You know what? I've gotten to a point now where I order my own dozen. Like if I'm with friends, I want my own dozen. I want to eat because I want to eat them how I want to eat them. You know, I don't want to share it. I want to have to be like, Ooh, you took my flat or something like that. So yeah. So Liz, your wing constitution is DRVSF10. That is your official wing. Okay. Okay. I intend to get that tattooed on my chest 
right after this. Right? Just right across. <laughs> um, you can put it on your LinkedIn profile and people yeah. will know. Maybe have your team do it, the the test. And then you can yeah. see, like, who's the flat to your drummy? You know, who, who you... As you heard on the other podcast, I'm like, it's very scientific. Um, oh, absolutely. Well, as I already told you, I'm single. So tell me more about how I find my soulmate with uh, chicken wings. <laughs> you need to find somebody who is like a flat and then okay. maybe somebody, um, I think there's implications with the blue cheese, like, like somebody, another ranch person would be good. And mm-hmm. then somebody who likes the veggies or maybe doesn't like the veggies so that you can eat them. And then probably somebody who's another, like a 10 to 12 so that, and you would have to just get your own dozens. Some people, if you were like a, oh, I'm a four or a six, you know, and then you find mm-hmm. another six, then you just order one order. Although a lot of times places like it's 10 now in an order or a pound, which I yep. don't know what that's all about. But Yeah. Or like nine in a side in a drink. Yeah. So you can't, that's hard to share. So yeah. I don't know. It's just a good icebreaker there too, especially, I mean, flat and drummy makes the most sense. Um, yeah. Right. That's all I know, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, and as passionate as I am about ranch, like if someone, like people who are like, oh my God, I don't eat ranch. I don't eat mayonnaise. You're not hot. Like go away. <laughs> like I've never, you're not, you're not, me. you're not for me. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think that's what you can tell by this simple wing test. Um, so thank you for playing. Um, of course. So let me ask you, we've been talking about your big dick energy. Where does it come from? You're 28, which I think I'm super impressed. And I'm like, your future is like so grand because I feel like, because you, you know, you've, you're kicking ass in your field, you're bold, you're, you say what you mean, you know, and, and then at such kind of a young age, like, where does it come from? Where did you get that from? Um, it's such a valid question. I, I'm not exactly sure. (laughs) I think part of it, like, I think part of it is I've always been like very independent, like, um, like not to like cry on a podcast, but like, I'm not super close with my family. Like I have done a lot of like traveling. I've seen, I've traveled by myself. I've been in India by myself. I feel like I've seen a lot of shit that has just given me like some clarity that like we, like as people, like are responsible for loving ourselves the most and like whether or not we have spouses and families and best friends and sisters and I love my sisters like ultimately like you are responsible for yourself and you're responsible for your self-love and it's so much easier to just like like yourself (laughs) like ultimately it's like way easier in life to just be like this is who I am and I and I fucking love her and and also I've been in therapy for like 10 years like very solidly and I just I think that's all contributed to like me not really caring if like you're not what I'm about because also I do have a lot of people in my corner who are absolutely what I'm about and so they also have given me confidence like the the, the people who love me for me that 
Liz, that is so inspiring. And I think so many people need to hear that. Um, it makes me think about, and I, I kind of feel this in what you're saying is, or I was thinking about this recently. Um, like we, we shit on ourselves like so much. And it's like, if you can believe that so easily, why not just flip it around and believe, you know, the opposite. If, if it's not true, you know, like if you know, like, well, I know I'm not a piece of shit, but I, I suck. I'm, I'm terrible. It's like, well, right. none of this is true. Why not just believe I'm the hottest thing ever. I'm so great and see what can happen and what radiates when you do that. Absolutely. Well, let me give everyone a piece of free advice that came from, you know, many years of extensive therapy. When you are shitting on yourself, you need to ask yourself, what is the evidence I have to support that any of this is true? Ooh. And then you'll, you'll be like, okay, why do I think I'm a piece of shit? What evidence do I have? And you probably won't find much. What are you going to say? I, I, I did shit on the SATs. No one cares. Like any quote evidence you have, it, it it's not, it's not strong evidence <laughs> most that of is, the time, unless you like killed someone or right. whatever. <laughs> um, you know, I told you I do stand up comedy and I think like, and, and you did some stand up comedy too. Like that's something in your yep. house that might even be in your future. Um, I think you need that for stand up also because you're literally on a stage, let it, you know, and strangers are judging you and it's, I mean, that's hard to do as it is. And then if you, you know, if the night doesn't go your way or doesn't feel like it goes well, I mean, I constantly tell myself like, who cares? It's done and nobody's going to, re- and people are so selfish that if it's not about them, they're not going to remember or think about it. Absolutely not. I mean, if I think everyone is like so neurotic and honestly, I feel like I've learned this the hard way because I expect people to fill my cup that just don't have the bandwidth, like so consumed with just like literally filling their own cup, like making sure they're okay because we're all like kind of struggling. I don't know if it's like climate change or what, but like no one seems that well anymore. (laughs) And I think we should, you know, yeah, it's sad, but it's also like, if you just understand that, everyone is is fighting their own battle like they cannot literally think about if you're ugly or not they they are literally just like thinking about getting through the day <laughs> yeah I feel like there's a couple like rare occurrences where people want to take you down and I realize like it's because of their own insecurities you know like you can get on this train if you want or get stay over there but like there's no in between I'm not gonna I'm kind of projecting like kind of my own like worst fears or I'm pulling through like I'm in my 40s now and I still think about high you school. You look great. <laughs> Thank you. I'm half Mexican. I'm like uh, oh okay. Well, no, I don't I'm, Are you are you half Mexican? <laughs> I am half I always say that. I don't know why. Like I don't I don't feel 40, but I'm like I've I'm 43 uh but I feel like maybe being, you know, a little plus size helps with oh, collagen yeah. and being Mexican. Collagen's just fat, baby. I'm right there with you. <laughs> but I'm still, you know, I, and I'm trying to get rid of it, but like the the bullying and the meanness from school and like kids making fun of me and like I've had a big butt since like I was 12. Good for you, know? you though. But now it's finally cool, which is, yeah, you know, but it wasn't when I was, you know, a child with a huge ass. Like, so... <laughs> 
we're all, we're all, like you said, we're all struggling or fighting our own battles. Um, I don't know. I'm, it's like, you're still afraid. Like people are going to be mean. I like almost love it though. When people are mean to me because I'm so much meaner and so much smarter. <laughs> <laughs> like I welcome someone to tell me what they think is wrong with me because they are probably literally fucking hideous. Make no money. Like can't cook. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. Again, it's like when people are just out to take other people down, it's like, it's so embarrassing for them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I wish I had found this voice when I was like a, a lot younger too. Like to, to not, you know, spend my thirties, like, uh, or even my twenties, you know, doubting myself or wondering or being afraid. I felt like I finally now have that like confidence, um, and people see it, you know, and I feel like it's starting to pay off. And then I go, why did I start comedy so late? Or, uh, whatever you just start from whatever. I feel like so many great comedians though like started comedy in their 40s because they finally were able to stop giving a fuck yeah yeah and everyone's like yeah same this is hilarious yeah you just I guess you just like start from where you are you know that's just how it is um I read this article about did you watch Handmaid's Tale so I've seen at least all of season one but I'm not like super caught up that's okay you know the aunt lydia lady um the lady who plays yep. aunt lydia yes and dowd i believe um she, she there was some article about her and how she just struggled acting for years and years and years and it's like she had to get to this point in her life at this age and how she looks and she's been blowing up the last 10 years she's in everything Absolutely. she's in everything and so like it was just her time you know and it wasn't when she was in her 20s or 30s but now She's playing these kick-ass roles. So yeah, it just, it finds you with wherever you're at. Um, you said you traveled a lot. What, what's been your, where's been your favorite place? What had the most impact mm. on you that you've traveled? So uh, let's see, when I was like 18, I was like a rebel child and I traveled and I took a gap year and I went to seven countries over eight months and didn't return back to the States. Um, so that was like the bulk of my traveling. Um, but the place that has had the most impact on me straight up is India. I went on my gap year for a few months. I did an organic farming project and farmed cotton with other Indian farmers. Well, not other, I'm not an Indian farmer. I'm a white woman, but I, I farmed with the farmers and like traveled a bunch there and then it was weird it was kind of like an undescribable feeling but after I left I like knew I wasn't like done soaking up what that place had to offer and so when I was 20 I turned 21 in India I went back I went back by myself um and I think like like one I think like we talked kind of earlier about how like philosophically I'm like nothing like really matters like I don't like love capitalism I don't think that's like cool to be like the best capitalist there is like Jeff Bezos get fucked like you know like that's where I'm at um but I think it was because I saw that there was like so many different ways to live and that I have seen like one percent of like what it is to like 
even live in America. And it like gave me so much perspective on like, you don't have to like do all the things to like live a full life. And I feel like that's even something I learned, like working with farmers or like working in like neighborhoods with like immense and, and devastating poverty is like, in some ways, I was like, these people are happier than my Prozac ass. Like, what is going on? Like, how? And I feel like that has, like, really helped me almost have the confidence to be, I don't know, I'm going to say powerly apathetic in, in, in my life as a capitalist that, you know, if you have a bad month, let's say professionally in sales, which you always will, like, it doesn't matter, man. Like, there's so much more out there. Um, and I also think India just like holds a very like powerful space for me because I went there alone for 10 weeks when I was 20 and I kind of was like, holy shit, I can do anything. Like, oh, like, I feel like, you know, there were a lot of people that even, you know, said to me or, or my parents, like, are you sure? Like, it's safe. Like, are you sure she'll like be okay? And like, there was no stopping me. Right. Like I was going to go. But I also then like was fine and did it. And I was like, yeah, I can do anything. (laughs) That is amazing. And it's, I feel like I have forgotten this, but you're kind of reminding me of how, you know, like traveling is so important. And especially when you're young to see how other people live and just to know, even if you don't do anything with it, this is, I'm speaking from like, when I work when I'm around people or I've worked with people who are just like privileged and annoying and they're assholes. And it's like, (laughs) you don't realize that other people live differently. Like not everybody has all these things and it's not the same, but I do being half Mexican, we would not being half, we, you know, from San Diego, we would go to Mexico almost every weekend to visit my grandparents and my family there. And then we, we did take a trip like way down in Mexico. We all got hepatitis Mm -hmm. A and the real shit, you know, but even though like, did I do any projects to help people? No, but at least like kind of having that awareness that people live differently than you and, and just an appreciation, like can really help your empathy and your perspective. Um, in, you know, once you're in life, um, and then also I love this idea of like, Hey, I can do anything now if you did, you know, doing that. Like if I navigated India by myself for 10 weeks at 20 years old, when I was effectively a dumbass, like there's really nothing that I'm like unsure about. Um, I also think it's interesting that you're like, Oh, I didn't help people with any projects. Let's like, just talk about that really quick. Like when people go and do volunteerism they are only helping themselves become a more well-rounded person. And I'm the first person to admit that I a hundred percent did that. (laughs) Like, I'm like, did I leave a lasting impact in these communities? Hell no. Is there eight weeks? Like there are hundreds and thousands of years of histories in these places. And like no white woman, however well-intentioned is going to change shit about that. That's a really good point. You're aware. So it's, it's fine. Like, well, I, one of my sisters gave me crap once. Cause I was like, you need to send him to the brand show with grandma and grandpa. And, you know, and like realize that it's not just all his video games and everything. She's like, well, what oh, do you yeah. do? And I'm like, it's not like, I don't know, just have some freaking awareness at least. It's not, it's not, don't do it. It's that don't go there and think you're God. Yeah. Yeah. You're not. 
it's fine to be like, I'm here for personal development, but it's not good to be like, I'm here to uplift the poor children. Right. They don't we need were, your ass. We were visiting our family. So it was yeah. <laughs> like, like, hey, we're not that far removed from this. This is, this is us. Yeah. Um, interesting. Um, and it's not too late. It's like, go, just go travel, go do something, go see, do it the rest of the world. I hope anybody listening feels inspired by that. Um, let's go. Woo. And isn't, you know, like getting that confidence, like that'll serve you for the rest of your life. Cause isn't that what's kind of, I feel like that's, what's held me or people I know back from following their dreams or just getting started, like go and do it. You know, like if you've got that out of the way, like Liz, you are set. I hope so. I hope so. I hope good things are to come or continue coming, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. So let me ask you that. What do you want? Like in the next one to three years, what do you hope to achieve? What would you like? If this was a vision board, what would you paste to it? So I actually, I have um, a mentee at work. Uh, so we made vision boards together as like a little exercise. So I actually very recently made a vision board. And I really want a house on Cape Cod and I want another dog. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have now? I have a Shih Tzu Chihuahua mix. Nice. His name is Barack Hussein Obama. <laughs> so sweet. I also have a very obese cat named Jill Stein. Um, <laughs> but like, honestly, in terms of like what I like hardcore want, like I want a house on Cape Cod and I want another dog. But like in terms of maybe like less materialistic things, like I want to be like a change maker, honestly, in my field. And the reason I want to do that is because I think women need to have more purchasing power in this society because you need money to do things. You need money to give to causes you care about. You need money to uplift yourself and others out of bad situations like whether we like it or not like yeah I, I I think capitalism is effectively bullshit but it's the way it is so like let's do what we can to help other women feel comfortable interviewing for jobs in high earning um positions and negotiate their salaries and and make sure that they're getting paid their market share and like all that things like I guess like my my ultimate, like, why do I keep showing up to like corporate America, even though I'm like, not, you know, really aligned is because I see an opportunity for women to gain more power in society through corporate channels and through having more money. And so that's like, ultimately I'd say like, my goal is to like, if I can mentor other women, be mentored. Um, and like my long-term goal is to be on like, uh, a panel like a panelist as like an expert yeah I love it yeah this is all on your vision board that you just created yes nice <laughs> so it shall be um, like, yeah that's what I'm like my little wands I love it oh you know what I I was re- one of my friends started a podcast she's in Chicago um I'd love to send her your name but um it's called like American Career Stories and it's about like okay. women and careers and kind of just sharing what you do um and so I'm like that I was thinking about it when you were talking I was like that would be perfect but 
Um, um, please, please. Yes. As you can tell, I love to talk, would love to talk more about myself to someone else. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That'd be a great channel. Um, I've had so much fun talking to you, Liz. Like this so is amazing. <laughs> I feel like I've known you forever. <laughs> I well, thank you. you. Like? I, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, you know, and I think, you know, I've only talked to a couple, I've only had a couple TikTok people on my podcast, but they've been people who I've just like really felt a connection to, like I really like their content, like it speaks to me and who would reply to me, <laughs> you know, cause some people are like, I'm so big, like, and I'm not, you know, I've got the blue check mark, but, um, oh yeah, no, not me, <laughs> not yet, not yet, um, so, so yeah, I appreciate that. And I'm really glad to have met you. And if you come through Phoenix or I was almost going to be in the Boston, they had the world series of comedy Boston satellite, like last week. And I got accepted into it. I just couldn't go. Cause I, Oh, come on. That's such a, I wish you were here. I I'll, I'll find here. my way. I have a couple of friends, uh, Corey Rodriguez, Jay Whitaker, and everybody performs at Nick's, Nick's comedy spot or something like yep, that. Yep. I've heard of it. I think. Um, yeah. And I, I'm so like, I, is that the one? Yeah. I got to ask you really quick though. You're single. I am single too. I always thought the guys in Boston are really hot. Are they, are they douches? Like, give me a quick, like, what are the dudes like there? And would they like me? So I'll tell you this. I'm from LA in LA. I think I registered as I don't know, a quasi um, like pig slash gorilla slash man. Um, and always felt like very odd in my like larger voluptuous body. And since I moved to Boston, like I have had no problem like catching a man, like not long-term, but like at least like physically, I know that like this is working. There's prospects. Yeah. There's prospects. There's interest. There's interest for sure. And I, I do think guys in Boston are hot. Me too. I do. Me too. And I like the accents. Um, there's been a couple of Boston guys who I'm like, I can tell they're into me and I don't know what it is or maybe they're butt people or what, but yeah, <laughs> but I've definitely pulled like hotter guys that were from, I don't know. And they, maybe they're not used to seeing such like sweet, nice, happy girls too, or something. Yeah. That's how I would describe myself. Sweet and, and nice and happy. <laughs> no, I think there's just, if you get out of Southern California, like you will find men who appreciate bodies. I agree. You know? Yeah. This is why um, I, I am glad I left Southern California. Um, because like the, when I first moved here to Phoenix, like I made so many friends, all these guys who are like really nice, they're really hot. And they were my friends. And I'm like, guys, this hot would not talk to me in San Diego. Like they would, yeah, you're like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> and I learned they're all from the Midwest. That's why yep. they're just mm -hmm. nice mannered. And they just appreciate you a little bit more for just being human. Not what can you do for me? And do I need anything from you? I don't know. And maybe it's just my yeah. age group too, but I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. It's been good for me. So yeah, come out here. We'll go speed dating. We'll do comedy. I, I would love that. So much fun. Yes. That's going to be on the books. Last question, Liz, what would your last meal be if you were like, I don't want to say on death row, but if it's like, Hey, this is my last meal. What would it be? Okay. So I thought like very, very long about this question because 
My favorite cuisine is, is frankly Asian food. Like my favorite food period is dumplings. However, my last meal would be a three course meal. We would start with um, burrata and some like toasty crusty bread and like oil and vinegar, like maybe some prosciutto, like just spitballing here. Then I would want to go into like a very decadent, like truffle, creamy, saucy pasta. And then I would like to finish with cream brulee. Mm. <laughs> That's so, I had my first burrata a couple of years. I didn't even know what it was. Oh my was God. And uh, yeah, it was so, it was, a, we went to the Bryant Street Grill. My friend and I was like, what is this? Oh God. Um, I I'm, I'm not that big on Twitter. Like I'm not that funny. It's like mostly stream of consciousness, but my Twitter is burrata daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Spell that for me. Where can people follow you, Liz? Okay, so my Twitter that I just mentioned, let me just make sure it's like doesn't have any like weird dashes or anything. It's just Barata Daddy, B-U-R-R-A-T-A, Daddy. (laughs) And then my TikTok, which I'm, you know, slowly working on is Tech Sales Gal, T-E-C-H-S-A-L-E-S, G-A-L. Love it. Follow Liz on TikTok and on Twitter. Can't wait to see what happens next. It's so much fun. Um, Thank you so much for being here, Liz. Can't wait to work on projects or hang out or do comedy or do something in the future. Yes. All of that, please. Yes. Thank you guys for listening to Wings with Friends. Follow us on Instagram at Wings with Friends. And that's it. I've been your host, Mary Upchurch. And uh, for Liz Miller... Good night. Good night.